0: Hey, Bootcampers, welcome to episode 200 of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast. This is such a special episode, and we are so excited that you have decided to join with us for a little while for this. One of the reasons this is going to be very special and different from our normal episodes is it will be more than twice the length of our normal episodes. We hope that's good news to you. If not, just stick around next week. We'll be back with our normal length of episodes. There's a couple of reasons why this is going to be different and special to celebrate 200 episodes. One is we've brought on a special guest, Evan Skelton, who's been on here before to interview Bob and I. And that's the bulk of the content of this episode. But another reason is we have asked you to celebrate this with us and be a part of this episode. And part of the way that many of you have done that is by sending in either written or audio recorded segments to be a part of this with us. I want to kick us off with one from Trevin Wax, one of our former guests. Here's what he wrote in. Hey guys, congratulations on reaching the milestone of 200 episodes. I don't know that I have a favorite moment from the podcast to share because my favorite moment happens frequently off the podcast. It's when I meet a pastor who has stepped into a covo- covocational role in a small dying church and suddenly realizes that he's not just revitalizing. He's replanting that church. And after I point him to this podcast and the resources that you and Mark Clifton and the Replant team are providing, I will hear back a few weeks later, and I'll get a huge thank you and a comment on how you guys are speaking to the soul of what he's working toward and wrestling with at the church. And then I'll hear about how he's signing up for events and connecting with your team. And that is my favorite moment, hearing that someone is being strengthened for ministry in their context and it happens often. And I'm glad to be just one chain in this brotherhood of linking arms with pastors doing tough work and churches being renewed. Trevin, thanks for sending that in. It's going to be segments like that, the interview segments that are going to make this episode so different, so special. So maybe if you wrote in or you sent an audio, you'll hear yours, just like this one from Kyle Bierman.
1: Hey, Bob and Jimbo. Kyle Bierman here from the Replant team alongside you guys and also not another Baptist podcast. Just want to say congratulations on your 200th episode. That's incredible. So grateful for you guys getting to work alongside you and for the work you do on the podcast to encourage folks along the way in the replanting journey. Keep up the good work, guys. God bless you.
2: It is amazing, Jimbo. We have uh, surpassed what our first grade teachers thought we could do. We have (laughs) surpassed what our cousins thought we could do. Only our grandparents, Jimbo, thought we could make it this far.
0: Yep. There's not a long list of people who believed in us, but here we are. We have arrived and now one of the longest running replanting podcast. Here's the key to becoming one of the longest podcasts in your category. Pick a super niche category. (laughs) (laughs) and then just don't stop recording no matter how low your listen stats are or how few people actually subscribe like just keep recording and if nothing else you
1: can attain 200 welcome to the Top replanting podcast for plumbers in the Appalachians. There you go.
2: Mm-hmm. There you go. Jimbo, our, uh, one of our most frequent guests has joined us, as you can hear by his fabulous voice. Hey, guys. The one and
1: only Evan Skelton. Evan, welcome to the boot camp. Hey, I'm glad to be back. It's been a while. Lots changed in our life, too, but it's a privilege. Yeah. 200 episodes. This is incredible. I'm excited.
0: Man, give us a real quick update on your ministry and
1: what's going on with you since the last time you were on the podcast. Yeah, so we, for those who are unaware, so I, my wife and I moved to St. Louis, Missouri about five years ago for us to replant a church here from within. And it was a pretty difficult journey for those first four years. Can empathize with a lot of the highs and lows that have been shared on this podcast. And it's been such a comfort to me as well, as well as your friendships personally. But about last year, about January of 2022, God provided for our church in a pretty incredible way, that our replant process that we prayed for and worked for, he brought to a culmination through a merger, a pretty unexpected merger with a brother in Christ here in the city about three miles away that I love serving beside. And we're able to now not only engage our community strategically and find stability, but we're in the building that Bayless Baptist is in. Paid off. We're able to pay off our debt, which was one of the major hindrances to Bayless paying a full-time pastor and was able to baptize recently some of the college students who had come to Bayless Baptist a few years ago um, and had been there in service. One of the guys I've been discipling over the last several years is a pastoral intern here now. Only God can write this story. It's still full of a lot of uncharted territory, but I'm grateful to say, yeah, it's come to a culmination in big ways. That's awesome. At least the next stage. That's awesome! Hey,
0: well, here's what we're gonna, we want to do. We, we wanted to bring you on. Here's one of the reasons we want to bring you on. One, you're one of our favorite people, evidenced by how often we bring you on here. Well, that's but, not, but here's what here's what you need to know. Not only are you one of our favorite people, you may not know this, but you're one of our listeners' favorite people. I was looking at the stats, and out of the top ten most listened to episodes of all time, number three and number six are with guest Evan Skelton.
1: Oh well, that's encouraging. I hope it wasn't because it was too controversial to just spread it around.
2: <laughs> no, it was just good solid no, content. No, I, I think it was it was great content. But I was also on my COVID deathbed for one of those episodes, and I think <laughs> people were listening. They were hanging
1: on, hoping you're going to make it. Yeah, well, you're...
2: I think they were going to see who's this new guy and is he better than Bob? So I think that was uh, <laughs> that was the case. And obviously, you're an I'm instructor at Missouri Baptist. You're you know a pastor. You're a creative writer, editor. So you, you've got lots of irons in the fire. But Jimbo, if, if I ever get hit by the bus, Evan is the guy.
0: Yeah, I think, I think you're the next paper towel that comes out, as Bob
1: likes to say. <laughs> the next paper towel. Oh, man. Well, guys, it really is a privilege. Yeah.
0: Well, here's what we want to do, Evan. We want to flip the script. And I'm gonna, we're going to swap the boot camp mic over into your hands. And for the 200th episode, we thought it would be unique. For us, instead of us interviewing and leading the podcast, let's let somebody else lead for a change. And so, we're officially handing it over to you. It's now your podcast.
1: Mm. Well, I, first thing I wanna say before we get into these questions, guys, is along with so many of your listeners and so many of the leaders who are on this podcast, I, this has been such a, a gift of grace to me and to so many of our those who listen to help us persevere to also be reminded of the wonderful steadfast love of christ to hear war stories to know that we're not alone and also some of the challenges that were what challenges are on the horizon we can prepare ourselves for which is going to get some of our questions today but i'm so grateful for both of you thank you for your friendship Bob, you've been a coach for me. Many of you don't know this, but Bob is the, it's Bob's fault we're in St. Louis. Um, We're very grateful. Bob was at a replant assessment in Denver and has been one of my close friends. And Jimbo and I just hung out for a few days together and uh, in Colorado as well. And so and just become and I think over Panera, we didn't talk shop really at all, mostly about family and the Lord's work. So thank you for both. But first question here is actually about friendship. I want to I want to know, and I think many of us are one of the things we love about replant boot camp is it's both of you don't just speak as practitioners, but you both appreciate it. Leaned on on each other so much as friends, and there's such a natural. There's just been such a, I think, a perceived chemistry between the two of you. Tell me a little bit about that friendship. What's meant to you over these four years, these 200 episodes, and what have you enjoyed most about hosting the podcast together?
2: Well, Ben, you know, I think one of the things that is so great is when I'm around Jimbo, I always learn something new, right. Not just a, some, something's about him. Like Jimbo is a deep, well, he's a, he's a big onion, right? You start peeling back those layers. You're going to get some really funny, interesting, and incredible things. And I can guarantee you, if I say to Jimbo, have you ever, more than about 95% of the time, he probably has in some way. <laughs> so I think that's, that's pretty exciting. But seriously, I, I mean, I always learn something when I'm around Jimbo and love it. And then one of the things I know that is, is helpful for me is So we just laugh. We laugh about stuff with hard thing when we're going through hard things, when we're struggling, when my mom makes stupid comments on my Facebook, Jimbo makes fun of that and we laugh together. And so one of the things it's, it's very rare that you you are mostly always friendly with people that you work with, but on rare occasions you become friends with people that you work with. And I would say that's true about me and Jimbo.
0: Yeah, absolutely. By the way, my favorite comment of your mom's ever was what was it like <laughs> how, i can't remember how she wore it so it's i know it's not any of my business yeah but i love you and it was something to do with like <laughs> yeah it's something to do with your, with your fashion it was uh, no it was, it was when i had it was
2: your mustache sure it was my mustache is when i shaved my yeah. i had grown a beard over like a vacation week and just for grins shaved off everything and had a mustache and she she said you are a replanter you are not a goat roper." And I know it's none of my business, but I just love you. You're you, not you, you, a goat roper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She loves you enough to not let you look like a goat roper. Yeah, that's yeah. So that's love, you know. And then Jimbo trotted that line out the other day. Something was going on, and he goes, "I just, I know it's none of my business, but I love you." So it's pretty funny. <laughs> No, it's
0: like, man, the friendship with Bob has been, has been so good. And I think he's right. Oftentimes you work with people, you become acquaintances and you definitely become friendly and cordial because work would be miserable if you didn't. But Bob is somebody I just enjoy hanging out with. I'm constantly, I'm constantly learning from him and from his experience because he's so much older than me. And so he <laughs> double nickels over double nickels now. And Uh, And so he gets to he gets to bring some wisdom and experience like a big brother in a lot of ways. And he challenges me. He's not afraid to challenge me when I need to be challenged. And so through the podcast, through working together at Nam, I feel like I've become a better man because of my friendship with Bob. And it just meant the world. When you travel as much as Bob and I do it becomes difficult to have good friendships because of how much you travel. And mm-hmm. so having a really good friendship with Bob has become so valuable to me in that because we get to travel together, you know, at least once a week or so we're on screens, at least on the podcast. And that feels like for us, at least for me, like we just met at a coffee shop and we're hanging out and we're just talking and, and enjoying each other. And so it's life giving when we get together
1: so many ways, and I think you guys have emphasized this, just the importance of those kind of friendships for sustaining in the work that Christ has entrusted us. And that's one of the ways he he designs for us to hold fast, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I'm grateful for it.
0: We're going to take a short break from the interview and hear from one of our previous guests that has been home here a few times, one of my longest, long time friends, Dr. Casey Williams, pastor of North Trenum Baptist Church in Columbia, South Carolina.
2: Jimbo and Bob, congratulations 200 episodes on the Replant Bootcamp. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of it. And I am honored to be able to be in the trenches with so many of your listeners and you guys as you long to see the good and glorious work of churches replanted. So, hey, man, keep up the good work. Hope that these tools and resources that you're putting into people's hands will continue to advance the kingdom, allow the gospel to shine brightly in the lives of churches who have legacies and footprints in communities. And, hey, Bob, one quick shout out to you, brother. Go Tigers.
0: Go Tigers is right, Casey. Thanks for sending that in to us and being a part of this podcast. I want to go ahead and take this moment to go ahead and read a couple of short written segments that were given to us. One is from Mike, Dr. Michael Rubino. Mike Rubino up there in New York. I've had him on before. We love Mike Rubino and the work he's doing there in New York. And he, he wrote, as a New Yorker, there's nothing better than been getting to talk replant ministry with a guy named Jimbo. Seriously, though, Bob and Jimbo are boots on the ground, pun intended, replant practitioners who care deeply for the normative-sized church in need of help. Love you too, Rubino. Glad that you've been a part of this journey with us. Another one I'm going to read to you is from Dr. Rick Wheeler here in Jacksonville, Florida, leading the Florida Baptist Foundation and uh, Stewardship Simplified. We've had him on recently. Uh, Great episode for you to go back to listen to about financial stewardship and stewarding your facilities. Here's what he wrote in so grateful for you two and your team the support and encouragement you provide to pastors and replanters is vital and represents the best of who we are southern baptists keep pressing on friends and know that you and your ministry are making a real impact in and for the kingdom thanks for sending that in rick let's get back to the interview
1: Well, uh, let's think a little bit about replanting, since this is what the podcast is about. I'm curious, since you're thinking back to the beginning of the podcast, what would you say has changed over these 200 episodes about the work of replanting? things are it feels like our culture is changing around us some of the di- the dynamics and challenges have changed what have you seen change and then what have you seen remain the same about replanting
0: uh i think one of the things we've seen change is there's definitely been an increased awareness and excitement about the ministry of replanting and with that has been a lot of innovations and so one of the fun things we get to do with the boot camp and with nam is like identify where we're seeing god do some really cool stuff at other places and start learning from that and so so there's been, in the last year or so, a huge movement in a shift in the way of view replanting to fostering has become kind of a primary approach. That's been fascinating to me just to see. And that didn't come from us. That didn't come from, we've been able to help resource that, but that didn't come from us. And seeing more and more churches now that are healthier and have the capacity are starting to more of those are starting to ask, hey, what would it look like for us to be ready to replant a dying church? And so I feel like that lane has opened up a lot more as well. And then certainly COVID changed the world. I mean, it changed the culture that we're in in so many ways. We started this in 2019, and so much has changed since 2019. And obviously 2020 changed everything. And so, I feel like full-time opportunities are out there than used to be Mm -hmm. because of that and many other things. There's been an increased need for us to try to be really encouraging on this podcast. We've always wanted to be encouraging, but we feel a a weight when we talk to people as we're out and about and as we're on the podcast to make sure we're always encouraging.
1: Bob, I think of how you have described COVID blew down on whatever was already happening in the church. Mm-hmm. So either the slowed growth or intensified decline. Mm-hmm. And so how that's just, and then the response in that is just needing so much encouragement for us to hold fast. It's help, helpful too.
2: Yeah. You're referring to, and I think we heard about that with our episode with Les McEwen, when he talked about the life cycles of an organization and what, and the impact of COVID. And so I think Les has really helped us understand, but I do think that resonates when we're out speaking to churches that are considering their future. And I guess what I would say is two things stand out to me. is One, before when a bunch of us were starting out and replanting, you know, six, seven, eight, nine years, 10 years ago or more, we were trying to survive, right? We were just like, what what can I do to survive? And then since then, the work of renewal has become popularized in in the academies with focuses of doctoral ministry and revitalization. And there's been an explosion of resources and rural resources. And so I think now there's a language and there's a vocabulary that we didn't have before when we first started out. And even though our podcast is, you know, just surprisingly, I guess it is four years old now. It surprises me to to think it's that old, but terms have been defined. And now I think they're being applied, right? And so I think that that's that's a good thing. And I I think the, the thing that I sense that has changed a little bit as Jimbo alluded to this, is there's a decided need for partners in re- renewal work. Partners through fostering, through mergers and adoptions and those sorts of things. I think when we were first starting out, it was the solo guy that's doing from a replant within. Like all three of us, the model that we did was a replant from within. And we would all say that that's probably the most difficult model mm-hmm. to take on. So I think the shift in the transition to partnership models of replanting are encouraging and helpful. And I think are what's really going to help this work move forward in the future.
1: I'm curious from both of you, just to follow up on that. So Jimbo, you also mentioned this increased interest in fostering. Do you see that on both sides of the fostering equation? Because I hear a lot of churches that are in, wanting renewal in various stages of decline, wanting a fostering relationship. Do you see the other side, healthy, thriving churches, also interested in offering that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We, I feel like I have more conversations about that this year than the previous years in churches that are seeing this and, and they, their churches are going, we're not interested in a full-time long-term campus. We're not interested in, they hear the fostering model and they think that now that's something we're interested in getting into, right? We could, we could get into that, a temporary time defined, how do we help this church? And, and it looks a lot of different ways, right? There's some really shorter partnerships of fostering, like we see in North Carolina and the way that they're doing some things their state convention to I've helped churches negotiate a like three to five year fostering agreement and work through that. And it's really a long term partnership, but with this kind of loose grip of authority with the very clearly stated goal of a desire for autonomy. And it's become probably my favorite model just to see how that has expanded on both sides. We definitely are seeing that happen more often. And so that's one of the conversations we're even having of how do we continue to equip the churches that are wanting to be fostered? We have a great book out there, Pathways of Partnerships, but even beyond that book, how do we continue to deepen that ability to develop these churches? Because we are getting a number of them saying, we don't even have a church that we know needs it, but we're open.
1: We want to do it. Mm. That's really encouraging to hear, obviously. Yeah, we see God's work for his church here in that way. So here's the question too with this is, so if you've seen these things change, what would you want to re-emphasize that has not changed about replanting?
2: I would say the need. It's actually picked up steam. There are more more and more congregations that need assistance and renewal of some sort. I think where we have maybe early, early we forecasted too early the wave of potential closures that were coming out of COVID. Now we're three years post roughly. And I think that in years four and five, we might see churches enter into a season of more desperation. And so I think the field is telling us through the AMS leaders that they have better than 80% of their churches that need some sort of renewal, right? So I think that while that's the same, I think I just would want to reemphasize, and this is hard for us sometimes, and in particular me, I talk and speak and lift up, lift up the banner of church renewal and replanting and revitalization. So So often that I forget the uniqueness of it and the need of it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I'm in it. Right. So it's like Mm -hmm. being in the forest. You don't see the trees. You just you're dealing with the undergrowth You're dealing with all those things. Right. What's right in front of you. But I think when we when I step away from it and they come back to it, I'm just impressed over and over again. When someone freshly comes to the reality of the church in North America and and sees it and connects with it for the first time, says, oh, my gosh, we're in such need. Right so I think that remains the same I'd want to reemphasize that. Uh-huh. Just don't forget that if you're if you're listening to us and you're engaged in it then I mean, you're doing important work, right? Mm. And you are one church among thousands that is needed in terms of being gospel presence in North America, so stay at it, right? Mm. Stay at it. There there's so many others and by your by your sheer effort and existence and work with the Lord's grace and strengthening. As you prevail, you encourage the rest of the body, right? And it's like the water in the harbor rises and all the ships rise. As you replant a church and another church is replanted, then another and another, the movement is strengthened and it grows.
0: Yeah, I would say, while we have seen an increase in awareness and excitement, what's still the same is it's not enough. Mm -hmm. because at the same time, while I do have conversations with churches that are ready to foster and churches that are ready to take this on, to be honest, it's often rarely in the same geographic area that I'm having conversations with churches that need to be replanted. And so that's the part where it's like, man, there's still such a great need for this. And it's still really hard sometimes to find a partner church or a good replanter, or, you know, and sometimes it doesn't happen. And the flip of that, that's still the same with that is we'll, in residencies, we will train up replanters. And then we don't have anywhere to put them, hmm. or we have replanters you know with nowhere to go, or we've got i, I I'm talking with a guy in California that several churches have given their property to that church, but he doesn't have replanters and and so there's just a lot of this like, man, how do we get enough awareness and enough momentum uh, and another thing that I, I would say that hasn't changed is the foundational principles of mm-hmm. what it takes to replant a dying church right and it's it has to be focused on being biblically faithful making disciples and missionally engaging your community and that that has to be kind of the primary activities and the primary things that you're doing and that hasn't changed and is not going to change and that's the things that we kind of continue to repeat over and over and we repeat a lot of those things over and over on purpose because that's what we have to continually be realigned to because it's so easy to just think man it's just got to be more modern or it's just got to be more this or or i'm not successful unless i'm big and and so we we try to just Mm. keep reminding and keep encouraging back to those
1: basic fundamentals Mm. that's helpful and i was going to ask this question later but along those lines of okay so the work of replanting has got to still be rooted in a deep confidence in, in the scriptures a commitment to the power of the spirit Returning to the work of discipleship. Tell me a little bit more about what are some of the convictions for you personally that you've noticed over these 200 episodes that maybe have shifted or maybe have become more rooted, and become more committed to?
2: Yeah, I think one stands out to me, Evan, and this is from recent conversations and work in the field. I, I've become more convinced that we have to find unique and strategic ways to resource those who are called to the work of replanting. Right, we've got to fund this somehow. I don't think that we're going to be able to, to employ full-time pastors at all of the gospel outposts we have across North America with the traditional congregation-only fi- you know finances, all that we need for a ministry model. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have to supplement that and develop creative revenue streams, even more so. And I think when I think the, the question in my mind is, do we? The leadership gap that we have from people who are leading a church and need a pastor, replanter, renewal pastor, where are they? How do we find them? They're so hard to find, or is it because they're also difficult to fund and we've got to figure out how do we fund them? Mm-hmm. And and so I'm, I'm really leaning into trying to find some creative ways to help the church consider that and do that in the changing economic times. And I read a book this past summer, uh, or actually this spring. Um, by Mark DeMaz about the coming revolution in church economics. And I think you've read that as well, Ev, and Jimbo has too. And I think it's just um, more and more in my heart, we've got to figure out ways to fund guys to to engage in ministry to their utmost capacity. I don't. I think we're always going to have bivocational and co-vocational, so we need that. But I think we need to help guys think through how do how do we fund uh, and meet our needs, how does the church meet their needs, and, and what can we do to ensure that, that we give the laborer the resources they need to engage in the labor.
0: I have grown deeper in my conviction of the equipping side of that. Not So I agree with Bob on the funding side, but for me, just how are we equipping people to lead churches in renewal? And how do we get seminaries to use content that is going to point people in the right direction of pursuing health? and not just large and cool and modern but then how do we equip them for the consistent difficulties they're going to experience mm-hmm. in trying to do something like this in a spiritual warfare and so their character and their competency and really a, a deep need for both of those right and it's the mm-hmm. past I always go to in psalm 78 is you know he he shepherded them with a pure heart and skillful hands and how do, how do we continue to lead leaders of all kinds to have the pure heart of good character and the skillful hands of good competence? Because the need is there for the churches, but it is hard, difficult work. And just having good character won't be enough. And just being skilled mm-hmm.
1: won't be enough.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so we really have got to get more robust in how we are helping prepare people for this.
1: Yeah. Good word. And how we're forming them and how we're helping them sustain. Yeah. Just to riff on that a bit, so you, you both have mentioned just the need has not changed. In fact, it's grown. Not only for, the, for, for churches that are in need of renewal, but the need for good leaders. Talk about the difficulty of that and raising those up. I'm curious, if you, if you could just speak directly to those who are hearing this podcast that perhaps are considering the work of replanting. We you know that so many men that are drawn to pastoral ministry, they're weighing the cost of becoming a lead pastor, let, let alone in a context like you're talking about. We have more men who are interested in associate positions, if ministry at all, just the cultural costs, let alone the idea of doing something co-vocationally. If you want to speak to, what would you say to those those who are wondering if God might be calling him to that work and wondering if those costs are worth it, especially if they're going to increase in terms of the difficulty?
2: Yeah. So I think the, the short answer is worth it on this side of life? Yes. Rewarded on this side of life? Maybe not fully. But I think ultimately in the big picture of things, as we follow the Lord in obedience, he blesses in ways that we may consider, the, the, the culture may not consider material in some ways, right, or beneficial in some ways. But, I, you know, I think Evan, every single one of us, you know, you, me, and Jimbo, we've been in a hard season of ministry. And then if we have a spiritual conversation with somebody where they see a new truth from scripture or they have a reconciled relationship or they, they take a step of faith or obedience and maturity, I mean, that is worth it, right? That's worth a bad week. That's worth all the, the headache and the frustration. And we feel like, okay, there's an eternal point that's been placed on the scoreboard for the Lord, right? For the team, that person a person advances in the maturity of Christ. So it just brings me back to my you know, my replanting theme verse, Colossians 1, and 29, that just talks about the fact that we present Christ, him we proclaim, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom. And here's the goal, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. The goal is to help those mature who are under my care. And if we can see that happen, if I can see that happen, man, I think that's worth it. So if you are called to the work of ministry, know that the reward is not in recognition, from your peers, the convention, the outreach, fastest growing list, the stats on your podcast downloads, the likes on your social media, all of those things. The Lord's not going to, he's not going to look at any of that. He's going to look at the sheep that he entrusted to you and ask you, how did you care for them? And did you help them mature? So I would say that is hearing well done from the Lord by helping a congregation of 40 like 80% of them take a step of maturity, is that worth it? I would say in the eternal scheme of things, yes. In the temporal world, most people would have the question mark. Is it worth it? But I think if you're truly engaging in seeking the Lord and and, call and drawn and called by Him to do ministry, it's absolutely worth it. And so it's going to cost a lot. It's full full contact sport. It's going to hurt. You're going to get some headwinds, but you're also going to be formed in the image of Christ because as much as we're called to do ministry for the glory of God, God calls us to do the ministry, calls us to ministry so that he might be glorified in us through a process of sanctification, right? So I think absolutely, if you're called to it, man, yes, pursue it, be equipped, be empowered, be encouraged, be in fellowship with others and go for it. It is absolutely worth it, but it's not like anything that you've ever really tried to do before, most likely.
0: Yeah, i was shortly echo that in that if the Lord has called you to it, then it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And that's true of whatever it is, right? Because we have no, we just have to trust him with the harvest and we have to trust him that we may not even get to see really a lot of what the harvest is going to be but just trust Him that there is harvest and trust Him that He's not wasting our time and we're not wasting our time and Mm -hmm. we're putting energy into something that glorifies Him and brings people closer to Him. Even if that amount of people that it brings closer to Him is small, this is not just preacher talk. It really is worth it. I am absolutely convinced that when we get to heaven, those with the most crowns and jewels on their crowns to lay at the feet of Jesus will be people we have never heard of. Mm-hmm. You know, it won't be the big, huge names that get to speak at all the huge conferences and do all, like and write all the books. And it will be people like you've never heard of that just faithfully served God where God called them to be in obscurity and plotted. And I know for us, that's so many of our listeners is guys who are are not getting asked to speak anywhere or do anything, but they're showing up. And they're discipling people and they're preaching the word and they're loving their community. And I honestly am convinced that they'll end up with the most jewels in their crown to lay at the feet of Jesus.
1: You know, I I think something both of you have been so good to remind me of and in the midst of this is that the way of christ is the way of the cross mm-hmm. jesus promises us that not only is suffering something we cannot avoid but it's actually through the weakness and it's through the losses and through the disappointments and the strangeness of choosing things that everyone else neglects and avoids that the strength of christ shines the glory of guys god shines brilliant and so i would say It's something that I have heard and I'm so grateful and need to continue to hear, being as committed to this work as I ever have been. And I hope others who on this podcast are hearing as well is that if there's any part of you that is drawn to seeing Christ glorified in this way, and you have this strange itch to commit to a work that's very difficult and unpredictable, and the challenges that come with it, because you want to, because you believe that the Holy Spirit works through His church, and you believe that, uh, again, it is through, as Paul, has often, Paul often says, it's through his weakness that Christ's glory is shown off. His strength is made perfect. Then pursue that. You're going to need partnership. You're going to need resources. But here also, one of the things I'm so encouraged to hear is that watch how God is also providing for our churches as the costs have increased. Yeah. And we cannot isolate. We will wither. The Lord is raising up men like you who are drawn to the ministry and providing resources so that you would sustain.
0: Hey, we hope you are enjoying the podcast so far. We're going to take another quick break to bring in a few of you guys and what you have shared and what you've had to say. I'm going to start off with some written ones first and then we'll end with an audio one. We have here from Walker Armstrong, one of our favorite people, and been a guest on here a few times. He wrote in Jimbo and Bob are awesome friends and great colleagues. Their show is great, and they have interesting guests. I would say that since I've been on three times. Seriously, if you want to get solid insights into replanting, revitalization, and discipleship, this podcast is for you from Walker Armstrong. Walker, we love you so much, and we're so glad that you've been a part of the podcast so many times, and I'm sure we will have you on many more times in the episodes to go. One of our blog writers, Erin Cofield, also wrote in, and she said, there have been so many good moments, but the Christmas episodes really stand out to me. I needed that reminder that Christmas isn't ruined just because something went sideways, and the gospel story is never boring. Yes, it is the same story each year, but man, what a story. Man, I just want to say a shout out to our blog writers thank you so much to Aaron and to Caleb Duncan for what they've done but check out the blog and also this audio from one of our blog writers Caleb Duncan
1: hey guys this is Caleb Duncan and I am a blog contributor with the replant boot camp when I started writing in October of last year I was overjoyed because I was new to the work of replanting and revitalization working at the Baptist Association there's questions I'd be asked all the time about these topics And I thought, well, the best way that I learn is through digesting information and writing about it. So I have learned so much through you guys. And the effects of that are seen in this rural area of the panhandle of Florida. I appreciate your kindness and your friendship more than you know. I love you guys. And thank you for the work that you put into helping others in the the work of church renewal. And I pray God's blessings over the future of this podcast. Tell me the next question was for we got a lot of new listeners on here so if you were to send them back in those last 200 episodes what are some of those gold nuggets or conversations that stand out to you you would recommend them to go back and listen to as they catch up on what's taken place as much as it'd be great for them to listen to all 200.
2: <laughs> well yeah start now right and catch up just when you're on a long road trip made a couple couple things stand out i think Any of the ones that deal with uh, dealing with conflict or change or struggle, I mean, most of the guys tend to to reach out during those times and need help during those times. And so one of the great things about our website with our great partner, 180 Digital, they put in a search box. And so we tagged the episodes and the show notes and all that kind of stuff. So if you, if you have a need and you're struggling, just put, type that in the search bar and then pull that up. So I would say that, that typically is the number one needs guys like, Hey, I've got an issue with this. And it's. It's under the umbrella of struggle, like an issue issue with like leading change or those sorts of things. One of my favorite all times one is uh, how not to lead change. And that was like one of the first ones out of the gate where Jimbo tells a story about sawing a pew and a half with a chainsaw <laughs> and scaring the WMU ladies. And I, for me, that is just still one of the most memorable and fun episodes. And I think just a good one right out of the gate. I think that cemented our podcast history and we planted a flag in the ground with that one. And I just, I still love that story and I love that podcast. That was an early one. It was episode three, how how not to lead facility changes. There you go. <laughs> so yeah. And then also how not to do a name change. I think you yeah, I got your over, name change is a pretty good one yeah yeah you, you got over the PTSD of being able to not talk about it and then you could talk about it so uh, I think that one and then if you're just starting out in replant and you want to change the bylaws search the bylaws episodes because we tell you that you don't have to change it right away so there's some good ones there
1: yeah,
0: I would say, man, we've had a lot of really fun guests on that i have just been a blast. I mean, that we've gotten to build friendships with. Uh, you've been one of those multiple times, Evan, one of our other top 10. And I love this because here's what I love. We've had some f- pretty well-known guests on here, and none of them are in our top 10 episodes. <laughs> and, <laughs> Like our our top guests are like you and Jesse Peters and like random people like that. I think the only one that made the top 10 was Brian Croft Yeah, uh, and he's a good friend of the podcast and mm. he's, he's maybe the most well-known that made the top 10. But one of my favorite guests was Fred Luter Yeah. and mm. hearing, hearing his story of replanting in new Orleans and I mean, just such a good story. And then even the, like the, the behind the scenes of that was like, How complicatedly difficult it was to get him onto Zoom. He is not a technological person. (laughs) I've known Fred and his son Chip for a long time, and so I was able to mess with them a little bit about it behind the scenes. But it it was, I think, I think we had to like literally like FaceTime someone else looking at a computer. Like it was like it was yes, like
2: he couldn't figure out how to. We had uh, to hire a courier (laughs) in a in a balloon delivery and meal DoorDash person to go take him a phone that we ordered from best buy and turn to have the guy turn it. I mean, it was, it was nuts. It, like that. it was so but, complicated. But then once, he got, once he got on, man, it was great. It was one of the, one of the best ones. So yeah. Fun. We've
0: had some, I mean, some of my great friends we've had on the people I've known for a long time. I think some of my other favorites are like early on we did replant hacks oh, yeah. and there was real, Practical episodes where we're just talking about, like, hey, here's good software for you to use, or here's a good way to save time doing this, or Mm -hmm. here's something for you to consider. Like, just you should wear Thompson Tees because Thompson Tees hide your pit stains, and Mm -hmm. it's an undershirt that is designed. I own a couple, yeah. I'm a Thompson (laughs) T user, man, regularly, and uh, you know, I keep trying to figure out if we could get sponsored by them because I think it's the perfect pastor sponsor (laughs) because most pastors need a Thompson Tee. And then honestly, my favorites, though, that I point people to a lot is like, we did a lot of little mini series. So we did one that I really liked called Leadership Judo, Mm. based on your leadership style, how, what should you consider and how should you lead people that have that style, you know, using Visionary Operator, Processor Synergist from Les McEwen. And I think that one was really good. Bob's Creating Momentum for Change. We did one on characteristics of godly leadership that I felt like was really, really good. There are several series like that. And one of the things that I really love is we have over the last year added blogs. And so we have Mm -hmm. brought on Aaron Cofield and Caleb Duncan are every week now taking the episode of that week. And they're turning it into they're writing it in their own voice and everything, but with the same general advice into a podcast into a blog episode on Fridays because one of the things we found is some people just don't like listening to podcasts. And here's here's why we did that: we're not trying to grow our presence. Bob and I started one of the questions we always ask ourselves with just about every episode is: Would this be a helpful resource for me to text to somebody when, they, like, I go meet with a pastor? Is this a conversation that might come up and they go, man, you know what I need help with is this or, or, and be able to go, oh, we've got an episode on that. And that's my favorite thing to do is, is get a message from somebody, be out in the field and they go, man, you know, I really need some help of, with church conflict. Okay, well, let me, I'm going to send you a couple of episodes that I think you should listen to, or if you'd rather blog post, I can send you a blog post. And that's the goal. So the goal for us isn't how many listeners can we get? It is how much can we help those who listen?
1: Mm, that's great. Well, let's, let's think towards the future, kind of last question. So thinking, what are some of the main challenges and opportunities, maybe in addition to what you've already said, or including what you've already said, that you see coming up on the horizon for replanting work? And what can a listeners expect, look forward to in upcoming episodes?
2: Yeah, so challenges and opportunities for replanting. I mean, I think the number of churches that are on the precipice of closure and the number of renewal pastors who are needed to to step into those churches. Uh, I think those are some some things that we're going to continue to need to focus on here. In And how do we help those churches meet with the Lord and decide with the Lord's leadership what their future is? And then how do we continue to ask and make the call to call out those who are called to the work of replanting? So I think those are some of the, on the horizon, that's what I see. And in terms for us, man, I, I think Jimbo and I are, we want to be sensitive to how the Lord leads and when, what we choose to talk about. And we'd love to hear from our listeners in, in terms of issues they're facing and things that they're dealing with. And then really, too, I think one of, the, one of the things that's been so helpful is when we are in the field at the conventions or conferences or associational meetings or whatever, man, we we hear from listeners who come up and talk to us about what they're going through. And so what I would say is man, we, we want to hear from you. We want to meet you. We'd love to grab a picture with you, shake your hand, hear about your story. We'd also like to hear what would be helpful to you for us to consider in terms of content for the, for the podcast?
0: Yeah. I, I was, I want to echo that, that I think the most helpful content we provide is in response to a direct question from a listener. Mm -hmm. And so man, reach out to us on social media. If you have our number, reach out to us email us replantbootcamp at gmail.com. It's our favorite thing is to work through topics that you guys want to talk about or to bring you on and talk about it. And what's coming in the future, I think it's just more of the things we've talked about, more of a need. I'm seeing an increasing desire in the academic world to talk about replanting. And that's been really cool to watch. I'm so excited to see what comes from that. And just how do we continue to get more people aware of the hope that replanting brings? This is not just about let's talk about dying churches. This is about let's talk about having hope in Jesus for churches that are struggling. And so I'm excited to see as we continue to come up with ways to
1: serve that need together. Mm, that's great, guys. Bob, you've mentioned too, I think at one point that we're starting to finally get some metrics on. Mm. We're able to. Can you speak to that a little bit? we we're, we're able to now see some of the. Current state of things. What are what is working?
2: Yeah, since 2019, we since before 2019, we've been recording a lot of information about replants, but specifically through the annual church profile and through our counting of replants, we're, we've got a growing data set that we're starting to explore. To see what the data shows us in terms of replanting and and the fruitfulness of it, so I'm hopeful in the in the year to, year to come to be able to unpack some of that with us. We've got our great friend uh, Josh Dreyer, Double Doc, who's doing some research on that. One of our teammates at NAM, Blake Diebel, who's looking at that, and so in the future, I think we're going to have some actual hard statistics, not just Facebook polls or chat group polls. We're going to have uh, some hard statistics on the viability of the different replant models and and what we see working. So. I'm looking forward to being able to unpack. And that even segues with Jimbo's comment. There's great academic research that needs to be done. And uh, so if you are considering a PhD or a DMin and you're interested in revitalization, contact us at Nam. Contact us here at the boot camp. We've got plenty of projects we'd like to turn the loose on for you guys to help us figure out what the Lord's doing in the field and the work of church renewal.
1: Well. Any final reflections as you look back at these 200 episodes for you both? Any last words you would say for this this 200th episode?
0: In the words of the wise Mark Clifton, what do I know anyway? (laughs)
2: <laughs> jimbo i know it's none of my business but i love you anyway <laughs> christmas is ruined
1: <laughs> well papa bob brother jimbo thank you very great this is great guys
0: all right thanks for being a part of episode 200 with us evan ben. and for those of you that have made it this far into listening to the longest ever replant boot camp episode that has ever existed we love you let us know how we can continue to serve you well Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and